Phase one, part three, section seven. Subsection, we, subsection we had to eight. Get it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, if you guys didn't know what show you're listening to, um, welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. We are two 30 to 40 something year olds who pretty much talk about whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. You guys might know us online as Guyver and Kasig from the from the Twitches and other things. And with us, we have our special MCU Marvel guest, Mr. B. Rob. How are you, sir? Good guys. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. Well, if you are watching the YouTube video instead of listening to the podcast on. Uh, By the way, we are on now seven platforms, including Apple and Google, two of the biggest. Um, Yay, go us. Yay. Um, You'll notice that B-Rob is uh, drinking his Guinness first thing. We're recording this early Saturday morning, and uh, he's not moving much. He's just that drunk right now. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, He's actually channeling his inner Drax, where he's mastered the art of moving so slow that he's <laughs> practically invisible um either that or he, there was like a bus no there's like a bus full of nuns and and orphans and like some bikers and he saved them or something so i don't know but he's not on video but he's um, he's still with us in voice and spirit he's with us in voice and spirit it's better this way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, according to uh, one of our fans, uh, we'll call him Mr. Yim. Yim Reach. Uh, yes, that is better. For anonymity's sake. <laughs> um, so if you haven't figured it out, we are in part three of phase one. There is just so much shit to talk about in phase one. I mean, it's going to be like this for every yeah. phase. But now I think we're into the big daddies of the movies because... Um, Iron Man, uh, Hulk, and Iron Man 2 were kind of your starter kits, I want to say, into the MCU. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the MCU. Um, More of the story-driven movies, and that's going to be Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Avengers. Um, I'm really, really excited for these three. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited about these. Yeah, this is really. I promise I'm excited. I just haven't fully awakened. So, um, Kasig was streaming late last night. He was a Viking. Mm -hmm. I was a Viking for a little bit. Viking game. (laughs) You're the most emo-looking Viking. I I did create an emo Viking, didn't I? Black hair Mm -hmm. going down one side of my face, slouched over. 
It's fun. Yeah. We'll go back and play it. Sit in your little little hut, sulking because you don't get to go, you know, pillage with all the other Vikings. <laughs> uh, they never let me do anything. I lost. I lost the nerve. Oh, wrong. father! Oh, father! <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um. So let's dive into MCU Phase One Part Three with Thor. Thor was released May. Oh, that's a good segue. Yeah, it was. This is like an unintentional segue. Yeah, it was. Worked good out for really us. Well. We're good. Yeah, actually impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That was actually how planned. Do I, how do I? He's actually impressed. How do I mute him? Um, I'm just kidding. We won't mute him. We love B Rob. Um, <laughs> Thor released May sixth of 2011. Um, so literally ten years ago, almost ten years ago to the day. Well, I mean, it's February right now, and it's the 13th. You get what I'm saying. We're, we're pretty close to accurate or not. To the anniversary. Um, so. We're close enough. Um, but it's. Do you guys believe that we are? Because I can literally remember watching Thor in the theaters, and so it doesn't yeah. seem like it was 10 years ago. Like, what did? Did you guys go see it in the theater? What is your what was your early impression of Thor when you when you saw it? Or did you wait on video? Mine was at home. I, I watched very, very few of these um in theater. Um I wasn't that into them until probably after Thor. Um, but I remember watching it. The first time I watched it, I thought it was pretty cool. And then when I went back and watched it after a few more movies came out i liked it a lot a lot more um i think i kind of bought into that because it didn't it it wasn't like it was well received i guess compared to the rest of the run of movies it was probably one of the least well received from what i've gathered um that may have kind of bought in or i might bought into that a little bit when i actually just went back and just watched it for what it was um a little bit later then I, I liked it a lot more. Be Rob. Yeah, I mean, I I I wasn't a huge Thor fan. Um, I didn't know a whole lot of the the backstory. Um, a little bit enough to you know be dangerous and, um. But just that there was a lot of you know unfamiliar actors in this movie, so I didn't know exactly other you know Anthony Hopkins, Rene Russo, people that weren't even playing the main parts. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't know how it was going to go, but I mean, I did. We I went to the theaters for every Marvel movie, um, and it was great. I mean, you know, I was very impressed, and I thought they really, you know, they really had something. Right. So let's let's talk about what Kyle said here for a minute. Um, one of the more not well received Marvel movies. I would agree with him on that. Um, the reason let's uh, the reason I think that maybe it wasn't so well received is because you know Thor is one of the big three in the avengers but at the same time he's not everyone's favorite avenger so not a lot of people have delved back into his backstory i love thor i I used to have a lot of the thor comics i went through um the thunderstrike era i went through you know all sorts of different phases with him um in the comics um when he moved to oklahoma i you know i had those comics but this was also a backstory without being a backstory, I think. And you guys jump in at any time if you think I'm wrong on that. But 
it gave some backstory on who Thor was uh, with his arrogance, but it didn't actually go backstory. It just showed where he was from basically a small clip to how he got to where he was today in this film. It was a very condensed one. You know, it, um, I think some of the later movies kind of filled in some of the gaps a little bit more, but yeah, it was like a, uh, it felt a little rushed, maybe like they just, it was in a hurry to throw him to earth. Um, but and it's it's different, I think, than what a lot of people are used to with the this your superhero movies. Cause it, it brought in the um more like what's the word I'm looking for? Not astral, but um out of this world type superhero to to this universe. Because everybody else was up to this point was grounded in Earth. They were Earth based superheroes um and now you have this kind of godlike being which and i can see where maybe it wasn't as well received or it was different because everybody kind of knew who thor was but he like you said he wasn't everybody's favorite you know everybody everybody knows iron mm -hmm. man everybody knows most of your you know your big mutants from x-men everybody knows hulk you know and and uh so this was probably a lot of people's first introduction to Thor himself. And, you know, if you weren't uh, a comic nerd, a comic buff back in the day, it may have came off as a little odd. Um, but it, it ends up working out in the long run, for sure. I think he became a, a true fan favorite for a new generation of people. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think they would have, if they would have tried to do any more than what they did, it would have been panned even harder. Um, I think they did a really good job in, in setting some, setting up the things in motion, like you guys are talking about for the, the character development. I think out of all of them for me, I feel like this one leads to like the most plot holes throughout the series mm -hmm. for me. Um, and then raises a lot of questions. Well, what's this? What's this? There wasn't a whole lot of explanation, but um, but you know, I did read enough of the comic books to know to know certain things, or enough Norse mythology or Norse mythology, so that you can um, piece things together. Um, right. But no, I mean, I really enjoyed it. So that's actually a great segue from what you both two said. Um, so this was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Did I say his last name right? I think I did. Because um, I like to get fancy with last names, as that was pointed out. Um, bastards. Um, Mr. Chidal. <laughs> he is a uh, Chidal. Um, Kenneth is a, you know, he's a classically trained actor. He does a lot of, he did a lot of Shakespeare stuff. Um, he, he's well known for his Shakespearean roles, his classical roles, and they gave him the helm for this. What made this difficult for Kenneth was if you look at our first three movies, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk and um, Iron Man 2, they were all set in realistic places. It was all places that are here on Earth, you know, places that we could go to. Thor is the first one that was basically make or break for the Marvel Universe because this was set in Asgard. A lot of this was set in Asgard. 
it brought us to another realm not that wasn't of earth well a lot was said on earth but this was kind of the make or break for marvel so i think kenneth had a really hard job on i think he did what a good job for what he was given and brought us into this realm that expanded on the the mcu as a whole so i think he had a really tough job to begin with and i i don't remember i was trying to look it up but i couldn't remember i think i remember at one point reading that he never read a thor comic before this it'd be kind of important so but yeah it's kind of important um ang lee but i can see i didn't know that he was uh like like you said, classically trained Shakespearean. I think mm-hmm. that that translates, and you can see that in the Asgard scenes. Those seem like that might be something more uh, akin to like the his Shakespearean background could probably lend to those scenes a lot better than your modern Earth scenes because those are, uh, you know, slightly mythical. The uh, you could, I, I think that tone would carry over well, and it seems like it did. Um, that's a that's a re- very regal and proper setting with you know, and there's a lot of shit going on, a lot of action and stuff. But there's still, uh, I think I can see where that would fit in for those those segments. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything to add, B Rob? Are you good? No, I think you guys hit it. Okay. Uh, next, this was written by J. Michael Straczynski. Why is this Fancy important? that one up. J- yeah, fancy that one up. J. Michael was actually one of the main writers for Thor. He brought Thor. He was the one who brought Thor to Oklahoma. He's the one who brought or Asgard to Oklahoma. He's the one who wrote Thor for a lot of issues. So this was actually written by the guy who wrote the comic which is why I think some of the, uh, some of the dialogue actually translated very well to the movie. Um, don't get me wrong. Some of the dialogue I think was really forced. Um, um, but it, I think the writing was very good for source material because it was by a writer. Um, J. Michael has done a lot of other stuff. He had a run on... Um, uh, Oh, what is it called? I'm looking back here because I know what the name is. Um, Justice League. He did some Justice League stuff. He did a lot of, he's a big um, book and comic book writer. So, and I like his work. So that's why that was, uh, that point is important to the Marvel universe because you actually have the guy who wrote the comics, who wrote the script (laughs) for the movie. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, that's got to be a so. fairly difficult transition because your your dialogue and stuff. When you look at how things are written out in comics, it's very rarely is it really um, extrapolated into to big um, uh, dialogue scenes. You know, usually you have your short quips. You don't have a lot of long running monologues, and you get a lot of um, especially if they're if it's something in the middle run, if it's a big event that's happening, um, something where the writers know that somebody maybe completely new the series is going to pick it up. You get a lot of the uh, I think it was like the anime effect. Like I don't know what's going on, 
oh, okay, they just now explained everything to me in two pages about what's happened over the last, you know, five years really quick. So you get a lot of explanation and stuff and, and, uh, you know, that doesn't always translate well over to film, um, because of the little quick, short dialogue blips. So I think, uh, it, he did a really good job of that, of making that work from the two different types of media. Right. Me, Rob? I mean, you guys are, you guys are killing it. You're taking all the words right out of my mouth. So I can't so good. Really okay, good. <laughs> well, just want to make sure that you didn't have anything to add. Look, now, let's dive into the plot. Um, the plot of Thor is, I'm going to go based off of what I remember. I just rewatched this, but the same, or we could read it to you, but it's more fun to hear us stumble through it. Um, basically, Thor, it starts off with the um, retelling of, uh, Odin is retelling the story basically of the Asgardians, their history. Um, and you have, you know, it in introduces all our cast of characters that we see on the Asgardian side. And you come to find out that Thor is just this super, super vain, conceited, um, what other word am I looking for, guys? Um, reckless. Pompous. Reckless, uh, reckless, pompous, yeah. Uh, Prince of Asgard, um, who's set to take the throne. Entitled. Entitled? Oh, completely entitled. If there was, he's a he's a, he's a very Chad superhero. Yeah, he, he, well. he would be Chad, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah. That's my hammer. Um, <laughs> who's set to take the throne? But because of circum, and this is just high overview. Because of certain circumstances and his um, brashness, I guess you could say him being a hothead he's deemed unworthy and cast out of asgard and it's how he interacts with becoming mortal with mortals and um it's i mean it's a it's a redemption movie is what it is yeah so i mean would you guys it's, anything uh, to add to this it, it's kind of a it's uh you know, a bit of retelling the stories used in a lot of different uh, eras and things, but it's, it's the whole uh, bit by bit. It's the, it's the prodigal son returning, like redemption story is what it is. You know, going against the, the wishes of his father, more or less. You know, his father not doing worthy. He's cast out from, from his homeland. Um, yeah, he hit it like have, having to redeem himself. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit of a love story. Yeah, I just remember just hating him. And oh, you hated him at first? Me, well, at the very beginning, I'm like, man, who this this asshole? I mean, he <laughs> almost gets his friends killed. You know, he just doesn't take any account. He's all just trying to prove himself for honestly no reason. Right. Um, and I mean, it's a, definitely a character that I totally, you know reversed on by the end of the movie but it was just like how are they gonna make me like him right right 
And I, like, I think that was the again, goal of the movie. And they it made did a, redemption. Yeah, they did a great job right. with it because it, if you didn't hate him in the beginning, his redemption in the end wouldn't have worked. I think the the more the more you hated him, the more you despised his attitude and the way he carried himself and the way he acted. The bigger payoff at the end when you finally like, okay, Thor's not a bad guy. Thor's a good dude, and he he needed that breakdown in the beginning to be able to to get that redemption and win people over for the basically for the sake of the franchise. Because that didn't work. A lot of this falls apart in later movies. Well, and honestly, I just didn't think this actor because I mean, I didn't. I mean, he hadn't been in anything up to that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if he could pull it off. This wasn't, you know, somebody we had heard of in the title role. Um, you know, honestly, I think uh, if I remember right, uh, one of the Warriors three was probably more well known than him, uh, Josh Dallas. He had just started doing uh, Once Upon a Time and stuff like that. So I feel like he had more more character credit. Was than he the? Was he uh... Prince Charming? Okay, was that Fandral? Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then you had Ray Stevenson playing the bigger guy. Volstagg. I mean, you said, you, you, yeah, you had all these people um, that just had more street cred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not uh, significant acting street cred as like serious roles, but I, I didn't know how this guy was going to pull it off, no matter right. what the script. So yeah, see, he really didn't have anything. He had a he had a part in. Star Trek. He was basically he was George Kirk. He was basically an unknown. Yeah, was, who knew that before this movie? You had to go back yeah, and nobody. watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I only know that because I have IMDb pulled up right now. So because <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered. I forgot about that I'm too. I'm... I forgot that the two two of the Chris's were in the same movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh... mm-hmm. So. Um, Kyle, why don't you start going through the overview of Thor? Okay, so uh, it, it kicks off in the beginning. Um, it's it's showing the the battle of uh, 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 Odin with the frost giants in Jotunheim. Uh, that portion is, I think, up to this point, I think for the entire series is the earliest. Um, is the is like the earliest uh, historical event? I guess you can say historical event in the entire Avengers series that happens in 965 AD. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, you see Odin's battle. You're introduced to Lafi, who's the leader of the of the Frost Giants. Um, the, the Frost Giants, um, Jotunheim. They're launching an attack. Their their goal is to basically take over the nine realms. And you get a little bit of a of a peek into that during this part of the storytelling. Um, Odin and Asgardians are uh, eventually victorious over this, and they and their their spoils of the war that eventually makes its way to Odin's trophy room is the casket of ancient winters, which is there's there's something on the top of that. This is you know really important later on. Uh, they they have uh, uh, that is the tesseract on top, if I remember correctly. Um, which you know we find out later. The Asgardians. It was the mm -hmm. Asgardians' prize. Yep. Um, After this, after this battle, you know, uh, is is where the falling out starts to happen with Thor. He's, um, 
you know, great battle. He's, he's, you know, he's full of himself. He's proud of himself. He's, um, about to ascend to the, th- to the throne. And then, uh, basically his, I don't know, his, his coronation, would that be the word that we yep. look for to ascend the, the frost giants attack Asgard, um, which, you know, angers Thor. He's, you know, still, um, I mean, he's old, but he's young, you know, he's, uh, He's a, he's a young old Asgardian, and he's he's still you know arrogant and he's he's ready to retaliate and so he um, collects uh, his his crew. Which, uh, what are they called? The uh, they actually Warriors the, Three. Warriors Three. Uh-huh. That's um, Volstag, um, Hemdal, or not Hemdal. Um, help me and, out here, B Rob. Why can't I think of the name? Fandro. And, and, uh, Hogan, and Hogan and Hogan and yeah. Sif and Sif. Oh, Lady Sif. Oh. And uh, they go with they take you know Loki goes with them and they go back to retaliate against Jotunheim. Uh, there's the battle. Old Odin intervenes, and uh, they they get their they they're getting their asses beat. Yeah, they're getting their asses handed to them. Yeah. That's why this is important because they, because of Thor's pride, he bit off more than he can chew. Yeah, is what Kyle's going for too. His hubris, his hubris. Yep. And um, up to that point, you know, Asgard and Jotunheim had a truce. Like they just kind of leave each other alone, and that that broke the truce. And uh, you know, of course, Odin's pissed. Because Thor was acting arrogant and acting reckless, stripped him of his powers and tossed him back to Earth to uh, basically live it out. And um, tossed Odin back, tossed Mjolnir to Earth, and you kind of have meow meow. That's so meow meow back to Earth. And is it meow meow? You have the uh, the sword and the stone type storyline kicking off from there. Be Rob, anything to add to any of that? Like, what did you think? Like, all this part. Like, what did you think about it? Um, I thought it was really well put together. Um, I think they could have gone a little bit more into explaining um, a little bit more at that time. Um, a little more of Odin's backstory um, and really why that hatred was there. Um, but but no, I thought, I thought it was well done. I agree. I would, I would have loved some more backstory here now. Going back, I don't know. I'm like you. I think at the time I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. it was a, an appropriate amount of time. But now knowing like what I know, I, I would have loved to have some more backstory then, and it may have got me a little bit more invested in it at the time instead of having to, you know, research and and wait for it. But, uh, I mean, I wish you would have gone into a little more depth on um, on the artifact itself, um, mm-hmm. and then just some of the things like um, Odin. I know it's later on in the movie, but the Odin sleep and and just certain things that you're just kind of if you don't know any of the mythology, or you're just like, what what the hell is this? What what why is he why is he sleeping? Uh, you know those kind of things. We we had right. to take a lot of this movie at face value when it was presented to us like yep 
okay, well, this, I guess this is what it is because they're telling us this is what it is. Like you, like you said, you didn't get a whole lot of explanation of what was going on that. Well, and I feel like that's just the, the, the thing with the Thor movies. Cause I'm like, even to this day, we have no idea where Sif is. No. So there, there are just things that you're just, yeah. you just, there you see big plot holes that you're like, huh? I mean, she, she appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for two episodes. Right. right. But then she's gone, like you said, she's completely gone now. Yeah. Although I heard, have heard she's, she's supposed back. to be back for four. Yeah, she's back. Yeah, yeah for but phase But the other three, yeah. For phase but, four. Yeah. 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 Love and Thunder. I mean, I think if any of the um, movies deserved or really needed some more background explanation, it, it would have to be any of the run of the Thor movies that have anything to do with Asgard because we can relate to all the stuff that happens on Earth realm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's it's a familiar physical location to us. Um, if it was just a standalone movie, completely on its own, it may have worked a little bit more without the explanation, but then you, you have this intermingling of, of the familiar world for us and one that's not so familiar. And, and I think that's, that's where it leaves a lot of people kind of lacking because it, it's hard to relate when you're meshing the two worlds without some type of explanation of how they're connected. You get a little bit with the Bifrost and stuff, but you don't really understand unless like, you know, you say, Chris, you've read a lot of the comics. You understand the whole nine mm-hmm. realms and the, uh, what's the name? Is it the tree of life and, and how everything is, yes. is the tree of life? Yeah. It, it's, it's the world tree world tree. There we go. Um, and how everything's connected. You said, you said, I don't know how to pronounce it. Fancy that one up. Your your meow 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 meow. So that's why, uh, expanding on what you're saying, Kyle, it's. I think this is what's going to be really tough for Phase Four right now for Marvel. Is because we are familiar with all the Earth settings. Phase Four is the cosmic setting. It's about to know? get weird. Shit's about to get weird, and we're. You know, we've delved a little bit into the cosmic setting, like with Captain Marvel a little bit. A mm-hmm. um, little bit with, yeah, well, a lot with Guardians of the Galaxy, a little bit with Avengers, but I think that they're really going to have to step up their game to make it relatable, just like they had trouble relating to us further down the line now in Thor. I think they're really going to have to try and step up the game to make it relatable. Guardians did a good job with it, though, because that was such a fun movie. Like, that was a good movie, standalone. Like, you could have just watched Guardians and been good. If you, yeah, you know, it, it worked well standalone. I don't think Thor worked really well, would have worked really well as just a, a standalone if that was the only one that you watched. It, it was really a tie-in piece, I think. I feel like in all the other ones, uh, Guardians, Iron Man, I mean, any of I feel like they're the relationships and the explanation of how people felt about each other and worked together and stuff like that. I felt it was very, very well done. And Thor, I didn't feel like that because yeah. even, you know, even, you know, into, um, oh, uh, Endgame or, uh, yeah, when he's talking about, uh, when Thanos kills Heimdall, I was like, well, you only killed my best friend. At what point were they ever best friends? That nowhere in any of these movies do is there that kind of connection in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like they're just comrades at arms to me. I never knew right. there was 
So I just don't feel like it's very well uh, brought out to the audience. Not fleshed out. I hope there was a little topless boy there we mm -hmm. saw in frame for a sec. Pay no attention. Pay no attention to the You're child. watching the video. Yeah. Um, he's, he's fine. Do we need to stop for a sec? No, no, he was ahead. just needing to. He he, had, <laughs> he comes running in and he's his Star Wars underwear with a juice that needed open. <laughs> oh, uh, just like his daddy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> at least he's wearing underwear. Uh, so, uh, at least hey, hey, I ain't mad at you. Mm. Um, let me uh, rub. You actually brought up. So let's talk about Hemdall for a sec. Hemdall is extremely pissed off because so Hemdell is the guardian of Asgard this this is very important he's the keeper of the Bifrost he's the guy who allows them to travel between worlds why I want to bring this up is because this transition is because this was played by um you guys have to help me pronounce his name I can never pronounce Idris Elba Idris Elba why was this such a big um controversy because it mostly from the fanboys and i'm not just talking just marvel fanboys i'm talking fanboys of norse mythology hemdall is described as the fairest of the fair this became a huge contention point for fanboys i thought he did a good job as yeah. hemdall he hated the part he said he would have never done it again he's been on record saying that really I thought mm -hmm. he was great. I think he changed. I think he changed his mind down the line, but he he said how much he just hated doing this part. But it was just such a big. This just shows to me how toxic fanboys are, and the whole online community is because they rallied against the casting because he's black. So what? I think I loved him. I thought he did great, but yeah, it's. It, their, their point was Hemdall is described as the fairest of the fair. He sees all. His eyes can see everything. He's like Santa Claus. He is like Santa Claus. He's the Santa Claus of Asgard. <laughs> he really is with a sword, a giant sword. Yeah. Did you imagine? So, I mean, what did you... <laughs> like, I didn't... Okay, so I came into it not knowing, you know, that, that background of it uh, mm -hmm. from the comics. And so, you know, I went into it com completely blind. Like, okay, this... I thought he played it awesome. I, he was a very intriguing character to me because he got, he didn't have a ton of screen time, but you could tell the importance of this character just from how he was portrayed on the screen. And then he, I thought he played him really well, really, you know, that's, that's the part that needed someone that could be stoic and pretty much monotone and still deliver emotion with that type of tone and i've mm -hmm. i thought he did it well yeah um i i mean there wasn't much to him in this movie obviously and um i thought he did an amazing job and for god's sake when he like uh people's sexiest man in the world at one point so fairest of the fair i mean Th this last year yeah sexiest so, I mean, people's sexiest man alive yep yeah so i mean I never have a problem. If the actor can get it done, the actor can get it done. And, you know, like I've referenced in another podcast we did, you know, the Jack Reacher character, Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. I mean, if the actor can do it, I don't care what he looks like. If he can pull off the persona and the intent of the character, that is all I truly care about. 
Um, so well, my issues not- come when there's so many liberties taken and start making the character do things they didn't do and things like that. It's generally not the, the actor themselves. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's like the casting of Candace Patton in uh, as Iris West in the Flash TV show. She's black. So the fanboys took a big um big issue with it. It's and it's not and even she with her acting. Yeah, she she yeah, she's phenomenal. Um but it's it's getting to the source material, I think, that a lot of people have a problem with. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think so much that it's because they're one race or another. I think it's because it's the source material and comic book, you know, just fanboys in general can be super toxic. Yeah. Um, and that's actually going to be another episode we're going to talk about is just the toxicity of the nerd world online, you know, fan bases. We're going to talk about that, but. Oh, and it's again, gotten so much worse over the years too. The anonymity of the internet and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to mess with the internet. Yeah, we're turning on our own kind now. Like we're, we used to have to be in dark corners. We and eat our own, arguing with each other. Now you can argue over the reaches of the world and as a keyboard warrior. Keyboard warrior. So, um, continue, sir. So, mm-hmm. go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. I so I guess I was going to ask. Did you got no? I guess probably this is more Chris because you had to more of the backstory than Kyle, but mm. were there better villains to start off this one? But 100%. 100% there. Thor has such a cast of villains. Like, you've got, like, the Enchantress, um, who's a great villain. You've got, um, as I believe it's Ulk. Um, he's the troll. He's one of the trolls that are major villains. Like, there is so much you could have done in this one. But, I mean, it depends on who you think the villain is in this one, too. You know? Right. Because that could be debatable. Are the villains S.H.I.E.L.D.? Are the villains Loki? Are the villains the Frost Giants? Um, I mean, in, in the end, I think it's debatable, but, you know, ultimately Loki's been established as the villain right. with the Destroyer armor. But is he actually the villain, or is he, like, the tragic... Is he the tragic villain? Or is, is the true villain Thor's arrogance? Is that your real Things antagonist? To think about. Think about That's that. Antagonist. <laughs> Hold on. Hmm. Hmm. You could be right there. But yeah, no, it's I think they could have picked a better better villain, but I see why they went with the Loki angle, because they were kind of had to for the end of phase one. Well, and I was just thinking more of like, I feel like they could have, if they could have done the Enchantress and uh, the Executioner mm-hmm. and then then be henchmen for like Loki and then leave kind of the Frost Giant part out of it. Right. Um, but then you don't have that, me hating him at the beginning because he's leaving, pretty much leaving his friends to die almost. Right. So, so, I, mean, so I don't know. I think it goes both ways. You, got, I, you I guys know it from the comics. But, is was Is it that crucial that the Frost Giant story is 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 that canon and is that part that crucial to the downfall of thor through the the run of comics to set him up like he needed to be set up to uh be one of the the avengers and kind of the 
method. I think that the um, I know what you're I know what you're trying to yeah. get at. It's I think that they had to the way that Kenneth set this movie up. You had to have the Frost Giants angle in order to make this movie work. If we wouldn't have had that there, you wouldn't have had the downfall of Thor. You wouldn't have had Loki's anger. Finding out he's adopted, basically. Mm. Not even adopted, stolen. Um, a pawn. And we'll get to that later on this. But I You're think not my real that, all father. You're not <laughs> all bastard. Um, Run that joke into the ground before this is over. Yeah, we will. But I think if they wouldn't have had that angle, I don't think the movie would have worked at all. Just my yeah, opinion. I agree. I don't think it mean because he has to have this prove himself at all costs. And and without the Frost Giants, you'd have to put some some other race or something there um, to be that motivator to kind of push him off the edge to get banished. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. It's, it's his like like we said, it's his redemption story, and there's a pattern in these movies leading up to the Avengers. I mean, Tony Stark had his, his redemption story in, mm -hmm. in one, um, Thor's having his redemption story. When we get to Captain America, it's, it's, it's a different line to it, but it's still a, a, a redemption story for him and a, in a building up that character. So there's a lot of this going on leading up to the Avengers in phase one. There's still a lot of that going on after phase one and phase two and stuff that, as you're getting introduced to these characters, there's there's a common theme of some type of redemption for them or some type of growing. So I, I guess the uh, the redemption story for Thor is, yeah, it would be vital in this. Mm -hmm. Well, and so I believe in you guys in our Discord, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Thor's first villain in his first comic appearance was actually the Rockmen. I forget what they were called. Um, you know... Um, in Ragnarok, his his buddy that he fights with in the Coliseum, the rock guy. Korg. Mm -hmm. Korg. Yeah, thank you. Korg. I couldn't remember his name. His race was the first people that Thor fought in the comics. I mean, that could have even been the first villains that you could have brought into this. But again, if they wouldn't have had this story, I don't think the movie would have worked. So... We beat that all father into the ground, so let's move on. I'm gonna kind of, I'll take every opportunity I get through this to make a make a joke. So. <laughs> Do it. Okay. Where were we? Has, uh, has we Thor made it we, to we, Earth yet? We, <laughs> so, so he had just been cast out, but you need to go over what Odin, what the most important part was for when he cast Thor out. What Odin did. Yeah, but he, he stripped him of all his might and powers. He made him mortal mm -hmm. when he came to Earth. Um, and and there, then he grabbed his hammer. He, yeah, grabbed his hammer. There there's so many uh, mythology. Still in the movie, runs deep. And like, you know, we're talking about the, the prodigal son story, the, uh, the, the similarities to the whole sword in the stone and um, I don't know who borrowed from who. Probably most of those were borrowed from Norse mythology, Norse mythology anyway, but so many, now that I go back and think about it, things that are just retold in a new fashion that, that work in this in this movie. Right. And then, you know, Odin grabbed the hammer because um, he, took, he took Meow Meow. Mm -hmm. 
from Thor. And you remember what he said? What did he say? Uh, he so. Whosoever holds this hammer shall have the power of Thor. Yep. So, which is means that, um, or uh, did he say, "Be he worthy"? Is that in there? Yeah, too? there is a worthy in there. Uh, whoever holds. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> whosoever holds this hammer, if he if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Something like that. Somewhere around there. It, I think that's yeah. it. Um, but it that's very, very important. That just shows, you know, if you're worthy to be the guardian of the nine realms, which is what Thor is supposed to have been. So continue, sir. Mm, so that's where basically he was uh passed to Earth. I believe at this point we're introduced to Jane and Darcy. We, you know, it's well known on here that we love Darcy. We do love Darcy. We friggin' love Darcy. And uh, the doctor or Professor Selvig? I think he's doctor. Doctor? Doctor. Doctor, doctor. Doctor. Doctor Selvig. Uh, we're introduced to them because the, uh, when the hammer. And Jane's a doctor too, I believe. Jane is. Darcy's not at this point. She's still... No, she's she's an intern. Yeah. The... Intern at university. Mm -hmm. University intern Darcy. Darcy, yep. Um, so they're called to... Uh, where was this at? Where it, the hammer landed? Was New it Mexico, a, wasn't it? Mexico. New Mexico. To, Deserts uh, in New Mexico. Basically, they, they got word of them. Were they called to... Were they assigned to investigate, or did they go on their own? They were investigating some abnormalities out there, and they were debating. Um, this is the very beginning of the movie, too, and then it, after Thor gets cast out, it cuts back to where we left off at the beginning. Um, then they see basically the Bifrost hitting in the distance. Okay. And that's when he's... And so they go to, they go to check it out. And, and while it's happening, you know, they've got their instruments going, too, the whole time. And uh, does it cut back... At that point, to Odin going to the Odin sleeper, there was some development there, though, on Earth. There was. I don't remember that part. Um, yeah, there's a where like Loki asked him a bunch of questions about you know that's not that artifact's not all you took from Jotunheim, and then he you know falls into the Odin sleep, and then it reverts back to Earth, where they're basically right before they take him to go get breakfast or whatever. That's right. With a naked Thor. And th by the way, thank you, Chris Hemsworth, for putting this uh, half-naked you in peak human condition on the screen, which I will get nowhere close to achieving. Well, at that point, that's not really all he had. That's true. He hadn't proven himself yet. You keep riding that bike. You'll get there, buddy. I have faith. Thanks, buddy. Yay, Peloton! Uh, Peloton, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, we will keep saying your name. Peloton may only want to sponsor the audio version of this podcast, maybe not necessarily the <laughs> video version of this podcast. They're like, look at these three. Do we want to sponsor them? We sponsor them and sales the audio down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they sure sound like they could be in shape. But oh, God. Turn off the YouTubes. Uh, ah, ow! <laughs> <laughs> 
the guy on the bottom, he hasn't blinked in two hours. I don't know what. <laughs> and he keeps smiling too. I don't know what's wrong. In a permanent state of cheers. <laughs> <laughs> He's our norm. We should aspire uh, to be that guy. We should aspire to be that guy. Uh, Yim Reach, you should aspire to be this guy. Oh, I got some things I can say to Yim Reach. <laughs> he's just going to be thrilled that he's being mentioned. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, go on. <laughs> this is where we're introduced to the Odin sleep, but we're not terribly explained. It's like, it wasn't really explained much. Like, oh, he's asleep. So did I don't remember it explaining that this is him basically going back to his charging dock. Like, it didn't. No, it's just like, oh, like, I kind of took it as like, oh, he's in a coma, you know, what's, that's kind of what it seemed. It wasn't, you know, he's recharging ye old batteries, but that's really what, if I understand right, that's what the Odin sleep is. Like he, he kind of gets drained of his powers and what he's able to do. And he has to go into this long, uninterrupted sleep to be able to come back to his full strength. Is that a, is a good interpretation of it? You guys that know more? That's a hundred percent. So it's, yep. I think that Kenneth expected everyone to know what the Odin sleep was based off of mythology, Norse mythology. I think I could be totally off base this or, you know, just reaching out to left field on this one. But I think that's what he thought. That's why they didn't delve deeper into explaining what the Odin sleep was, because just knowing that he's classically trained and, you know, he does a lot of these historical pieces that I think he just kind of expected everyone to know. Yeah. And I didn't really know until recently. And this is what we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of it. Mm-hmm. This would have been easy to find out if I had just done some research, but that's how I always took it. It's like he just, <clears throat> that kind of classical, the king falls into a coma, you know, shtick, if you will. Yep. And then Loki jumps all over this opportunity. Loki is opportunistic, to mm -hmm. say the least. So the, for those who don't know, we said Thor is the prince of power. He's the... No, that's Hercules. Um, Thor is the god of thunder. A lot of similarities, the, again. Yeah, the, which, oh, 100%. But he, uh, Loki is the trickster god. He's the guy's god of, was it mischief. magic and mischief? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, some of Loki's backstory, which is really interesting, is that um, the wolf, Fenrir, is actually Loki's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, with, and then was it because Loki mated Loki didn't care who he mated with like one of his kids was Odin's six-legged horse I believe or did he mate with the six-legged horse and that's what created Fenrir I can't remember but Loki had sex with a horse um, gender and species fluid yeah, thank you, thank you. That's the best way to put it. Wait, so Fenrir was the fluid. was the wolf? 
Yep, mm-hmm. the wolf that brought about Ragnarok. So he banged a horse and made a wolf. I think it was he banged the horse or one of the six-legged horses. Like he had sex with like an eight-legged horse, and it Odin's six-legged horse was like his son or daughter or something like that. Well, that genetically makes sense that a wolf would come from that. Okay. So, but it's yeah, it's I mean that's one of Loki's kids. Loki had a lot of kids, but he's the trickster god. He, he was promiscuous. He's all about. He was promiscuous. Loki was about misdirection um, and apparently being promiscuous. <laughs> the god of mischief and frequent trips to the Asgard clinic for checking things out. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the wolf is the son of Loki and a giantess. And a giant. Okay, that was it. That also that makes it. sense. Okay. <laughs> but then, like, yeah, Loki had a lot of kids. Um, like I said, mostly sex, a lot of sex with animals, which apparently was acceptable at the time. This is appropriate that he's really well known for his staff that he <laughs> that he touches people with. Walk, walk around and, poking and, everything. <laughs> Forgeticus. Yeah. The Harry Potter spell Forgeticus. Mm. Um. <laughs> so. Okay. You think, do you think they had Loki. like an Asgardian version of Jerry Springer where Loki would just sit in there? You and are not all, the father. <laughs> you are not the all father. That's Maury. <laughs> yeah. Springer and then and then Thor starts throwing chairs around. Yeah. Heimdall's the security in the back just standing there with his arms crossed ready to pull everybody <laughs> apart. I will say if you're interested in like the Norse stuff, um, which a I good... Know like book series to read that i kind of got into was uh the magnus chase series it's kind of like the percy jackson series but norse it's interesting it gives a lot of backstory on some of the stuff stuff that i didn't know that without having to dive super deep into the old school myths mm-hmm. it's more of like this day and age ex- explanation really? is is that by uh rick Reed, rick Rodin, yeah. Rodin. Yeah. yeah okay the guy who wrote percy jackson and um the Egyptian one too. What was the that? Kane Chronicles? Uh, yeah. The Kane. Well, oh, all, those are all fantastic. All those, all those are amazing. Sent, okay, so send I need to group put that message. So I'll remember because I'll yeah. forget by the time we get yeah. off here, and I'm going to want to read that because I want to read that. The what did you say, Magnus Chase? I'm kind of yeah, interested. Yeah, there's in that a, I think it's four books, five books. I'm gonna have to check that out. Now yeah, because I love the other two, the Kane Chronicles and the Percy Jackson. Those are all great. Yeah, I, I want to so, get more into the nine realms and the world tree and you know, how all that ties together. Those might be good series to go over on episodes too. It's gonna be a lot of reading. Yeah, as long as we talk about the books, not the movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about both, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn you, Angley. Percy <laughs> Jackson. Damn you, Angley. Percy Jackson, Kane Chronicles. I'm writing them down right now. Okay, go ahead, Kyle. Where were we? We were on Asgard Moripovich. Um Ask- <laughs> Sex with Sex with beasts, like you do. Oh, yeah. Loki uh, tried to seize on this opportunity, got uh, Lofty to invade. Did he get him to invade Asgard? I know he told him, like, this is his opportunity to kill Odin because Odin's in. Yeah, Odin's he snuck him in. Yeah. And uh, and why why was that important? Like, what part did that play how they got in? Uh, was this this was after he found out he was adopted 
right? Mm -hmm. Odin, Odin told him before he fell into the Odin sleep, I believe, that he found him. He was... He took him. He took him from Jotunheim. Mm -hmm. um, and he's the son of... Is this Was he Laffy's son? Laffy's son. I think the previous king, I think. I thought it was Laffy. You might be right. I don't know. I can... I don't know. He he's a prince. Loki is a is a frost giant prince, regardless. He's pretty yeah, short regardless. for a frost giant. Right. Oh yeah. His because his apparently his biological name is Loki Loffy's son. So I'm gonna assume that Loffy was his just based off right. of that. Based off of that, I'm gonna assume he was Loffy's son. Um getting off track. See where we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it gives him the chance to give Luffy the chance to kill Odin, and uh, know that the Warriors Three go back to get Thor. But I can't remember if okay. He has he he ends he didn't kill Luffy at that point. Um, but the Warriors Three go travel to Earth to retrieve. Uh, Thor. So you have now you have all these Asgardians in New Mexico. Cause, right. Because they begged Loki to rescind Thor's banishment. Yeah. And he refused because Loki was part of their little group, marauding group, too. This was Loki's chance to seize the throne, which is was his true end game for all this. Like he's a I mean, for a bet, he's opportunistic. Really, he's a very opportunistic, and you know, has some pretty well thought out plans. Like he, he's scheming. He's scheming a lot. Like I love Loki as a character. And, you know, he's by far one of my favorites. Played, mm -hmm, played by Tom Hiddleston, mm -hmm. which we'll go into the cast here in a little bit. But I couldn't have thought of a more perfect person to play Loki personally. It's great, right? I mean, that's the thing. You can't, I mean, that's what we were talking about on these Marvel castings. It's like when you really think about it, is there anybody that could do a better job? And that's why I think we see, we don't see many recasts. Yep. And except major in the, characters. Yeah, except in the Thor movies. Right. So, continue, sir. Um. So, yeah, the, the, the group goes to uh, uh, Retrieve Thor. They, they they convince. Did they convince Heimdall to let them use the Bifrost, or did he let them? Did he willingly. They had to convince him, I believe. He went on break. He went on break. He oh, said yeah. <laughs> he can't go against. He he said I cannot go against the wishes of the king. My king. Yeah. My king. And then he walked off. He went on break. He went on coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of, if you remember, he kind of smirked as he did it too. Yeah, that might have been and, the selling yeah. point where I really liked Heimdall. Well, Heimdall was really concerned that he couldn't, that he didn't see, he, you know, if you remember, he said, I see all, but I did not see the frost giants come in. And I didn't see you while you were in Jotunheim. Yep. Which is a very, very, remember that point. <clears throat> so, uh, what do we have here? Um, so they go to retrieve Thor. There's some some reconnect shenanigans and things that that kind of happen um and then 
you know, that kind of leads up to the the big battle where Loki sends in the destroyer. How did he get the destroyer there? That's what I'm trying to remember. Um, he sent it by the Bifrost, <laughs> but I mean, I think it's only it only takes orders from the king. The king, yeah, it only takes orders from the king, and he ordered it to go kill Thor. Right, but how did it pass to the? Did Heimdall? I don't remember the transition of it. It just showed up, if I remember right. Yeah, it just showed up. It showed up via the Bifrost, so Heimdall had to have allowed it to happen. Made it go. Yeah. Well, I mean, he couldn't stop it if Loki it was an order from the king. Order from the king. Yeah. And I remember well, at that, that point is Heimdall frozen. Yeah, because he he that's what was he? I'm pretty sure. Is that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, because yeah, because he said, you know, I didn't see you, and then all of a sudden um Laffy showed up with some of his goons, and that's when Loki's like, Welcome to Asgard. And Heimdall went to attack him, and that's when they um Loki froze him. Okay. Did they show up? I can't remember, but he fro Loki froze him. Remember, and then that's when we see Loki's skin go completely blue. This is the second time we've seen Loki's skin go blue. He go when he when did he when did he turn blue? Before? When he first turned blue, um, it was when they went to invade Jot um, Jotunheim. Okay, and and. One of the frost touched him. Yeah, had Loki down on the ground and touched Loki, and Loki's skin just started going blue. And then the second time is when he, right before he confronted Odin, when he picked up the the cask, yep. he turned blue. So I guess this would have been number three. Yeah, this would have been three. I remember um, when the destroyer showed up. So it it lands, it comes through, and you get this giant metal. And coolest I damn armor ever looked awesome. And I immediately thought of even then of uh, the Sentinels from X Men. That's that's what that thing reminded me of. Yeah. so much. Yeah, and you know, going back uh, and more so, more so the Sentinels from Days of Future Past. Yeah, I think. Yeah, those Sentinels. Was, uh, just recently watching that, the Nimrods, the way you know they attacked with the fiery plasma blast things from their maw opening mm -hmm. up. That is so much like, I don't know which one borrowed from the other. If it's just, you know, if you're going to have a giant metal thing killing stuff, that's probably mm -hmm. about the best way you can do it. So it may be just a common thing, but um, right. yeah, that... Uh, when you got to remember... Oh, go ahead. Uh, when, when did... I completely agree with that, but this just hit me too. When did... Thor realized he was unworthy. Was it before the Warriors 3 got to Earth? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. He broke into the because shield facility. Yes. It was like right after he oh, that's right. had breakfast and all that stuff, and then he realized where everything was. He goes there. That's where we first see Clint Barton. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. That was that's kind of an Easter egg because they said, um, what was the what was the line Colson said? I need an eye in the sky. And then instead of grabbing a gun, this person grabbed a bow. Yeah. Yep. For some reason, I thought it was in this movie where Selvig, and it couldn't have been, I guess, where he says, the hawk's watching me or something like that. The hawk's in his nest. That, that was Avengers. 
Was it that was Avengers? Yeah, okay. that was the beginning of Avengers when he said, "Where's the?" I do he's, remember he's in his the nest. Barton and seeing the bow, and I was like, oh, "I don't know who that is." Yep, yep. Which was awesome. Which you know, Hawkeye's not. He's you know he's been one of a steady Avenger. He's not one of the most popular ones, but I think Rainier did an awesome job with him. Yeah, I think I think the movies probably made him a lot. Did you more just popular. call him Rainier? Rainier. It's fancy. You churching yes. him up again? Yep. <laughs> just because I can almost see B Rob cringing. <laughs> I don't even see. He's not even flinching to me. But no, know. man, he, look at that. Fast. Just stoic mm-hmm. somebody's got to bring some self-respect to this show <laughs> not gonna be us two up here on top so nope nope not at all <laughs> continue so so okay well before we get to the worst thing so thor breaks into the shield facility and literally takes down half of the facility them trying to stop him running through there and then he gets to this huge guy who actually knocks him off his feet which would not have been possible had he not been mortal that's important to note too mm-hmm. um he gets to meow meow and tries to pick it up and can't even it doesn't even budge and then you know that's when he's down on his knees it's raining and he just completely loses all hope he realizes that he is unworthy he is not worthy of the hammer. And if you guys don't know why we're calling it Meow Meow, that's what Darcy calls it mm-hmm. when they're discussing it. And I just love it how she calls it Meow Meow. So, okay, now we're at the Warriors 3. With Warriors 3, so they make it back, they make it to Earth. I'm going back to my notes here. I can't ever remember anything. Um, they let's see. They informed Thor of what's happening. They're trying to retrieve him and bring him back. Uh-huh. Um, this is back before the destroyer shows up. We're kind of jumping back and forth a little bit. Um, I just I still just had that mental image of them. Were they walking down the street and it just looked like a. Yeah, the like agents a, on the roof say something about a Renaissance fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then they find Thor and explain to him, you know, we're going to take you home. I can't go home. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, and all that. And, have, and then we get to the part where Heimdall confronts Loki about how he snuck people in. Loki explains to him, you know, hey, there are ways in and out that you don't even know. And then yes, fires yes. him pretty much. And then that's where Heimdall gets froze when he attacks Loki. I forgot that's all right. about right. Loki's talking about the, the secret ways in and out that are basically only known to him. And then the destroyers fixing the show up. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That Thank was you a, for getting us back on track. Yep. That was a great battle scene, too, though, for. Oh, my gosh. Just the the sound of the the sword okay so does so the destroyer does it it does show up in the comics right like mm-hmm. it is something there mm-hmm. does it ever explain the source of its power what it is that that allows it to be able to basically be a walking I viking laser i think it's 
I don't remember off the top of my head because the destroyer wasn't, I mean, it was a big villain, but it's not like one that's like every year they bring it back. Like in like, you know, like enchantress or someone, I want to say it was like some sort of magical, like lava in there. But then keep talking. I will look that up, but it was, let's see Loki free. Did Loki have the destroyer or was the destroyer kept in, uh, Odin's basically his trophy room. It was like a, a sentinel, like guarding the treasure. Okay, okay. Guarding the palace, whatever. It's basically like a non-sentient. It was just, it, it did as it was ordered, pretty much. But yeah, they look so cool, man. I just... Um, so it's an enchanted suit of armor forged by the king of Odin himself. Oh, okay, okay. So it was not originally a like I mean it was it was a repurposed it's repurposed. animated by the life life force of sentient living beings. I'll buy that. So basically unless something's around it doesn't do anything. It, it, it yeah, it's it's deactivated. So it's it's activated by living things. Its vision is based on movement, basically. It's a, so it's a Viking fire breathing T Rex. Hmm, yeah, I hmm. like that. We'll go with that. So we'll go with that. But yeah, that's, okay. That battle scene was was what I'm talking about. That was really well shot. There was good action in that, and it gives uh, Thor a chance to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically you know kind of pinned down can't get away and he goes to uh i know he goes to sacrifice himself i don't remember exactly how it happened um i think he's protecting jane yeah mm -hmm. yeah His love true love true love marriage it's the reason <laughs> And so that he there, there's that's his redemption point is he apparently he he needed to learn some uh, self sacrifice to the greatest extent ever, <laughs> and uh, that's what he did. And he, you know, he becomes worthy again to wield the hammer. He be, he becomes full on Thor again and uh, and turns back into ass kicking Thor that we've grown to love from <laughs> the last movie. So he retrieves his hammer and, and proceeds to just to kick ass. Mm -hmm. Gets his armor back, gets mm -hmm. his basically gets his um, divine powers back. Yeah. And so he's he's back to godlike. Um, you know, wins the battle, and is it while this was going on or after the battle that that Loki kills Lothi? Is it? A, I can't remember if it's a cut back and forth, like the scenes cut back and forth, or if it's after that. Was, that. that was before. That was before the battle. Yeah, that was when. Yeah, that was when he showed up with to kill Odin in his Odin sleep. So okay. that was back toward the middle of the movie, I think. Yep, yeah. which will show that Loki will do anything to get ahead. Right. Uh, so he used, he used, I don't know, Loki uses the invasion as an excuse to destroy the Bi Bifrost. 
which I think is a twofold thing. He wanted to keep Odin or to keep Thor stranded to, you know, he's Loki's evil, but he, you know, once he found out about his true heritage, he still wanted the approval of Odin. Like mm-hmm. he was still really seeking, you know, Loki's got daddy issues. He does have daddy issues. He's got some severe daddy but, issues, and that that was a lot of his, and you know, his driving force. His main thing was to you know assume ultimate power, but he still wanted the uh, approval of of his uh, his father. So, okay. So, what part are we on now? We jumped around uh, a little bit. Yeah, we jumped around a lot. Um. No, Thor returns. Odin awakens. Yep, yep. And I know there's the scene where they're like hanging off the edge of, basically off the edge of Asgard. And Odin's back. Odin's in his pretty sweet armor and has, I remember Loki hanging off the edge. I don't remember what led up to that, though. What? Basically, Loki put Odin's staff into Hemdel's little sanctuary and he was going to destroy Jotunheim um, with the Bifrost. Yeah. Make the Bifrost overload. And Thor goes back to confront him to stop him and so Thor comes up with the plan to destroy the Bifrost to stop this from happening. He ends up destroying the Bifrost because um, you know Loki's trying to appeal to him, he's, he's like, "You'll never be able to see her again if you do this." And Thor's like, "You know what? You know, fuck you." Bam, destroys it, and then that's when they have the little brotherly moment when Loki tries to confront Thor. You know, appeal to his senses, and then and then but ultimately betrays him. So you know the typical Loki, yeah, mo. Um, and so they let's see. The, I still have a big blank in there. I just re- I remember Odin hanging on to Loki's hand. So that was, I guess, post their conflict. And uh, basically, like Loki's dangling over the cosmic abyss below him. And uh, there was a, an exchange there. And, and instead of, like, Loki didn't slip. Loki, like, let go. Just like, nope. Mm-hmm. And, and falls yep. into the abyss. Um, which was a really cool scene. Um, and it kind of carried over. There's some post credits that that uh, you really see what happened with Loki and some of his ulterior motives. Still, like he said, I think his ulterior motives have ulterior motives. Loki, Loki, Loki <laughs> is always scheming. Yeah. Um, Loki. He's always a couple of steps ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's his thing. He's smart. Yeah. He's smart. His backups have backups. So, um, what I don't remember explains because I know know we're still kind of jumping around a little bit, but in the the post credits, we do see, we do see Loki kind of reemerge after falling into the abyss. But how did he get, does it explain in this or later how he went from, falling off of literally having a falling out at Asgard into the cosmic abyss to making it back to earth. 
Well, so I think that was just like a astral projection. I mean, it was just him showing himself kind of like how he did, like when Thor was in that jail cell, he wasn't actually there. It was just like a, a projection almost like Dr. Strange-esque almost. Mm-hmm. So I think he was the idea if I piece it together, right. Is when he fell, he ended up where the Chitari were. And, and then that's kind of where he is when he's starting to, get the rest of it start getting his uh, strings pulled by thanos right okay. so that's basically in the movie um we'll go through the cast real quick so you have chris hemsworth who was thor hemsworth uh is important to note this is his first major film and he was only 25 at the time um he was originally going to be they dropped him they didn't want him to be thor at first and then he was given a second chance and I think they did well on that because he's the perfect Thor. He really is. Um, he referenced the comics a lot for, if you look at the poses that Thor does, especially in the fighting styles, they match up with the comics. So he did his homework for this, which I applaud for that. Let's see who else uh, was on. Uh... Natalie Portman is Jane. Um, you know, Stellan was it Stellan Skarsgård, Selvig, Cat yeah. Dennings is Darcy. Yep. Hopkins, um, Anthony Hopkins is Odin. Renee Russo is Frigga. Right. Um, we went through, you know, so, who we remembered as the Warriors Three. Right. Um, Coulson, Clark Gregg. Um, which we'll get to this in a sec too. Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, who was? Who's the other? I'll give ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Who's the other? Just a random person that's not colson that's appeared in just about every marvel movie that we see in here even if it's just for a few seconds this is one of those that i'm gonna know and it's just gonna kick me right in the balls you're talking about about it isn't it actual character that's steady to it, or the Mm -hmm. cameo okay no it's an actual character it's an actual character through every marvel movie uh i'm pretty sure he's in just about every one of them. Not Colson. It's not Eric. I don't know. You got me Casper stumped Sitwell. on that. Who's he play? Um, no, that's the character. The character. He's Hydra, the bald. Oh, that's right. That's the bald dude. That's right. He's in just about every single one. That's right, because he was inside the main um, shield center when Mm -hmm. Thor broke in. Jasper, that's right. That's right. Good one. That's a point for the the pictured man. Yeah. Good job. Um, Take that, ye and breach. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at... I forgot about that. You know, we were talking about Hemsworth by getting the second chance. His... Apparently, it was his younger brother was uh, Liam was on the short list. Really? To play Thor, yeah. Um, he was on uh, the director's short list of stars, Thor. But then you know he got the uh, second audition and got a little push from Joss. And on that, and won it over. I was just trying to see who else was. So, fun fact about Chris Hemsworth right now. I was reading about. Um, we'll get more about this as Phase Four rolls more into it too. 
but I guess his stunt double is having trouble keeping up with his physique right now for phase four because he's, you know, he's filming, he also filmed the Hulk Hogan movie for Netflix right. at the same time. So he is just massive right now. If you haven't seen him, go Google him. It is just like the dude is massive right now, like pushing a tire, getting in shape. And he's, his stunt double said, I'm having trouble keeping up with his physique right now. Oh, here we go. I found the, the short list of people that auditioned for Thor. This is actually pretty interesting. Charlie Hunnam uh, auditioned for it, which I don't think he could have kept up <laughs> with the bulky. Like, he would have been cool. He would have been an awesome Thor. I don't but know. I, Who is that? Uh, he was Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Jax. Like Jax Teller on Sons of Anarchy. Like, I think he facially had I've the look. i never watched that show. Ooh, son. Ooh. Homework. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. my homework. I'm assigning you some homework now. How the turns have tabled. Yeah, <laughs> that turns of table. Uh, I'll table that. Uh, Charlie Hunnam would have, I think, like his look physically would have been good. I don't think he was bulky enough to be Thor because Thor just needs to be a big dude. And Hemsworth pulled it off. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård was on the list. Uh, Channing Tatum. Joel Kinnaman. I don't know who that is. Thank God Channing Tatum didn't get it. Um, also, that uh, someone else that auditioned for this, so you guys like this, was uh, Paul Levesque. You know who he's better known as? Triple uh -uh. H. Who? Oh, oh, Triple H, yeah. Yeah, but they said his acting chops weren't up to snuff. Oh, that would have been awful. That yeah. would have been terrible. That would have been terrible, because he's, he's, he's a wrestling actor. You know, not to knock him, what? that's a whole different... But, well, you know, I guess mm -hmm. we did get some wrestlers later on, but well, yeah, well, you would have had with those look. guys that those guys that succeed in pro wrestling to be actors are like what I feel like the guys that don't have scripted promos. The Rock, mm -hmm. Cena, Stone Cold. I mean, Cold, those are yeah. guys. Like, I mean, I think Dra Batista probably had some of his scripted for. But I say that, but some of the best lines that came in Guardian of the Galaxy were unscripted that he just yep. did and they kept. So, yeah. But yeah, Triple H, I can't, no. I just can't see him being that and, quick. And can you imagine him in Love and Thunder right now, too? Like, Triple H is old now. Yeah. Wouldn't He's... have worked. Um, right. St okay. Stellan Skarsgård from a very famous acting family which we mentioned alexander is one of his sons who was also um was it eric eric northman yeah yeah and um in uh what was it uh, true, true blood. blood yeah which i think is funny how you know he was eric and his father played eric in the movie and then do you know who their other brother is that's pretty famous too um you know this too. I know, I know you it. know this. I'm um, cheating and googling it because I'm gonna be able to think of it fast enough. B. Rob, do you know? I don't. Bill, or it? Yes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Pennywise. Yep. Yep. He is a he is a scars guard. So um, let's get into the let's get into the Easter eggs. Okay. So. 
one of the biggest Easter eggs that there is that was just found this year. It's taken 10 years. When Meow Meow uh, makes impact, if you look at it, when the scientists are looking at it, it actually makes the Avengers A complete with the circle. It's taken 10 years to figure that out, but it's there. So now you guys are all going to go Google this, but it's there. Nice. That was really, really cool. The other day. Um, let's see. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, Donald yes. Blake. Yep, yep. The Go on the Donald Blake. So that when he was in the comic books, when he was cast out, that was the persona he took over was Donald Blake. And then in mm -hmm. this one, it's just referenced as uh, Jane's ex. Mm -hmm. Donald Blake, MD. Um, and that was actually a big thing because Donald Blake, you come to find out, was basically tortured when he traded places with Thor. It's not like they just took over or he went into like a, Thor went into like an Odin sleep but Blake went into like this nothingness and was basically psychologically tortured. Like that's the Thor story backstory. Um, oh yeah. Uh, the scene where they're trying to pull Th Thor's hammer out of the ground and they attach it to the truck. The guy who tries to pull it out, whose truck it is, is none other, none other than Stanley himself. Stanley himself. That was his Stanley cameo. Did uh do you um, get a shot of does it show the truck's license plate when that happens? I don't remember. I, I remember what did it say? Well, I don't know. I remember one of his cameos. You could see the license. He, it was another one where he was in a vehicle. Um, and you can see the license plate, and I think it said Excelsior. It was like a version of that was, uh wasn't that Guardians 2 when he was driving past the military base? Being, he was kind of like hippie-ish. Uh, I want to say that was Guardians 2. He was in a or, car like and he had he like a couple of women with him. Don't, don't tread on me, man. Yeah, it was that like one. make love, not war kind of thing. He did two of those, didn't he? I don't remember. B-Rob, do you remember any of that? Oh... I know he's on Xandar and the first Guardians with he's like the ladies man. Because I have that Funko bobblehead. Right. Um, Damn it. No. This one, I, like, I, re I remember him being in the truck. Looking here. Uh, yeah, I yeah. see him in the truck, but I don't think it shows. I think it's just him driving. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I don't think I, I was just thinking about that because I knew he was in a vehicle and another one. You, there was a thing on the license plate, thing about the license we plate. We need to look at that. Um, there's a billboard in town. Um, it's Thor lands advising, uh, adv advertising vacation with the slogan "Journey into Mystery." Um, that's a reference to Thor's first comic, which was "Journey into Mystery" number eighty-three. Um, during the attack by the frost giants on the weapons vault, just before the second giant is killed by the destroyer, there is a brief glimpse of one of the items in the weapons vault, and that is no uh, none other than the infinity gauntlet that Thanos wears. That always confused me, though. How it was there, but but it was... But uh, E-Tree makes it 
Yeah. I think I don't think that was was ever I don't think that was ever addressed in canon. Right. I was thinking that too, but it's there. Unless Thor takes place before he meets Etri, and that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um after the credits, Nick Fury appears and um, approaches Dr. Selvig and shows him a case containing a cube with possible unlimited power. Um, and it's the cosmic cube. And we know that that ends up being the Tesseract. Um, and then do you guys remember the, this was the introduction of the Tesseract too, where they actually called it by name. Uh, well, they didn't call it the Tesseract at this point yet. Um, and then it was the part that had the most foreshadowing to me was at the end when Loki appears in the mirror and he is just, you could tell he's rough right now from being beaten. Yeah. Cause he had like smut all over him and his hair was all over the place. Um, and Fury's explaining to um, Eric about the Tesseract saying it's the unlimited power. And then Loki whispers, well, I guess that that's worth a look. And then Eric whispers that same line right after him, which means we know Loki has taken control of Eric at this point, or is at least influencing him. So I just thought th- those were interesting. That was the Easter eggs I found. What did you guys, did you, do you all have any more? The, the only one I really have is the name of the town in New Mexico where they were uh, all this was taking place. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of it because I don't think they ever actually say it in the movie. It's uh, Puente Antiguo, Antiguo, uh, which is translates to ancient bridge. Really? Oh, that's cool. Cool for the Bifrost angle. The Bifrost. Mm-hmm. So, and that's it with Thor. Um, Two hours yeah, later. Yeah, an hour and a half. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to keep going, or do you want to go uh, do Captain America tomorrow? Then we'll do Avengers later in the week. Because it is it's noon right now. Mm. And I know you got the Rugrats, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, we can do Captain America tomorrow because we'll end up if if we do Captain America now, we'll be in a three-hour episode. Yeah, if, if we'll, we're gonna, we'll spend a lot more time on Captain America than we will on Thor. <laughs> we spend a lot more time on Thor than I thought we would. Than we thought. No, this is why I figured out that we'd probably do more than we thought we would. You know. Yeah. Right. So okay, so let's plan on tomorrow night then. We'll do. Well, hell, it depends on like what time the snow falls and everything too. We might be able to do it during the day. We'll just we'll just text each other. Because yeah. um, I know for a fact we're not going to have swimming tomorrow. Um, yeah, we'll do cap, and then we'll do. Um, yeah, and I like I said, I didn't even do. We'll do maybe tomorrow. We'll do the nerd drum. Yeah. Um, and then we'll do the Avengers. So yeah, I just figured exactly how I thought it would go. But you know what? I'm okay with that because I love talking to you guys about this. I just I, like doing this. this I didn't think fun. we would do it. I really didn't think we'd do an hour and a half on Thor. I thought this would be a... I, I, I didn't think we'd get through... I didn't think we'd get to Cap today. Hmm. 
You're but, in the minority, sir. I, I really, I really thought until once. I mean, it happens every time we start getting into the meat and potatoes of all of it, and and, uh, <laughs> and really, we like, we like talking, and we start fleshing it. I out. will say that this was the one that really made me very hopeful that it wasn't going to be like the DC movies and that comedy isn't forced. Yep. They bring in certain characters. Like Thor was not a comical guy. Like all yep. the comedy and this really came from Darcy. Mm -hmm. You know, you had a line uh, when he first gets his uniform or when he first gets his costume and uh, Jane's like, this is your look. It's a good look. You know, yep. it's, it's stuff like that. Um, yes. When I felt like they weren't going to force the comedy like DC does. Um, they're smart enough to bring in side characters um, or let, you know, Tony Stark be the smart ass or, yeah. you know, Cap and his, uh, that one line was a language, you know, just yes. stuff like that that plays to the character. It's just hilarious. Yeah. So. Speaking of DC bullshit, did you see that they, um, that they finally came out and said that they're all in the same universe now? Um, the Arrowverse, or I guess the CWverse now, the movies, and um the animated shows they're all in the same universe now and every, uh, every all no. the reactions i've seen yeah this came out yesterday um the wb guy said and everyone's just like okay yeah whatever that's why we saw barry and barry meet up so right. whatever like dc is just I think they're kind of tanking personally right now. Like I saw where they signed a Supergirl that Melissa, uh, however you say her last name, on for yeah, solely that character. Yep, yep. Like it's, Which I don't is know. A good I, move. Yeah, it is because I like that character, but I think that I'm I'm excited about the new Justice League movie that we have in what two weeks. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how different it truly is. Did you see the new trailer? Yes. Okay, did you see it's, Granny Goodness and Desaad in it? I uh, did not see Desaad. I saw Granny. I don't think I paid attention to Desaad. I saw Granny Goodness. Okay, so look to the left. That's Desaad. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be exactly what I'd hoped for. Me too. I still need to watch Wonder um, Woman. Didn't... I liked 84. I really liked it. I mean, there's. I, I have. I have my complaints with it on they didn't develop the cheetah character. Right. But I liked it. So but my it's, biggest oh, concern it's out on was, digital now, Kyle. I didn't yeah. think Kristen Wiig was going to be a good villain and she killed it. Um, for what she was given. Oh, she did. She I was I was honestly concerned about that. I really Me was. Me too. I was too. Yeah, I'll get on that. I've been on I've been on a Marvel kick for like the last month now with going back and binging the old X-Men movies and uh you know trying to get ready for the crossover and uh get all that in my head that I had this week's WandaVision. Ooh. Oh Ooh. shit. Okay. Can Ooh. we all agree that we were all completely surprised by Jimmy Woo? Mm -hmm. When he yes. just attacked like tasha and i just looked at you i go holy crap you think he's just this happy-go-lucky like right kind of throwaway character you know oh that was awesome yeah this is definitely just some of the little comments it made they've definitely kind of i feel like tipped their hand on who the big bad is for the neck for dr strange 
Right. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be so good. I'm, I'm Demon so Demon Spawn. Devil Spawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were so many references to that. I'm, I'm ready to dive into that one and tear that episode apart. Frame by frame like too. we do. Uh, tear it apart in a so good way. I don't mean like, you know. It's tearing it apart it. in a good way. Yeah. You guys are doing a really good job on those. Thanks, man. Because there's a lot to those. Well, yeah. I mean, you it, can sh- it, show how deep Marvel's been going when we can spend two and a half hours on a 40-minute episode. And we did mm-hmm. not that long on a hour and a half long movie just now so well it's just it's just i that really like the nurkies because they're they're fun to to tear apart and be rob i want you part of the next nurky too because i think you'll enjoy the falcon and the winter soldier a lot uh, based on how I'm you've been stoked. talking about it already i'm stoked well and that might be fun to get like a four-person nurky going because then we get different points of views too and like a, a forky a forky. We call it the forky. Mm-hmm. Oh, nurky foursome. Nurky foursome. <laughs> I'm calling it now. I don't think they'll ever come out and say that Magneto is their father. No, I don't. I don't think they will either. Which I don't think there's any way without doing all the backstory for the high evolutionary and all that. Yep. It just yep. it would piss too many people off. Well, and I'm getting kind of pissed thinking of how they might introduce the mutants at this point after this episode now too. Right. Um. I don't. I don't want Darcy to be a mutant. I want her to be Darcy. Right. So. But I don't know how they don't go that way when they're sitting there, making it a big deal about how many times Monica has gone through that. Yeah. I know. Hours, which, so. That is one. That that is a part I don't like right now about that. Right. To be honest with you, because I'm like, no, mutants are born. They're not created. They're. Eh. But come out, I'll take it. That the, you know, the red force field is going to activate midichlorians, and then we're going to have all this crazy. There's your Luke Skywalker moment. That the. Right, all right, dude. I tried to buy Wonder Woman eighty four. It's only for rent right now. Oof. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max or something. Nope. Uh, It's pulled off. Yeah, they only do it for thirty days. Okay. Well, but just okay, wait. Once the minute that it's out for digital, I'll buy it. Then you can watch it. Okay. Chris is my, um, my sugar daddy for movies. I really am. Um, oh, we'll have Monster Hunter um, Tuesday too. Also. Oh really? Yep. I've never but played I, those. I love Monster I mean, Hunter. Tinker really wants to watch that. I I am so iffy on this, but. I like Mila, so I'm. Right. I like the Resident Evil movies. I thought she did a good job with what she was given. Mm-hmm. So we'll go with that. So all right, gents. Well, I am gonna go eat some lunch, and then I'm gonna get my shot. And then you're playing D and D tonight, aren't you? Yep. Yep. We got D and D going tonight at uh, and, sometime this evening, so I'll be live. Unless it's not, then let's play something. Yeah. Um. And I'm telling, okay, that game I was telling you about, that second ex- extinction, it's Left for Dead with dinosaurs, and it is hard as hell. I can't play it one player. I'll come save you. I got overwhelmed you. by it. I got overwhelmed by it, dude. I'll come save you. Um, thanks, bastard. <laughs> yeah, we'll be doing um, D&D tonight, and 
Um, you guys check that out. Typically, it's Friday nights when I'm streaming. It. I don't know if you've ever got to pop on Twitch or not, be Rob, but there's that, that one's kind of there. Yeah. Chris is there under Guyver. Could get you an account and watch us be extra nerdy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah, if you get a Twitch account, go and uh, follow uh, Kyle and I. Yep. Get your links in that. We'll okay. throw, throw those links in the bios <laughs> for the videos too. Yeah, especially when we play the spooky games and we jump. Like the last one we played, Kyle threw his mouse. <laughs> I did. I jumped so damn hard, man. Like, well, and I sat on my balls. Yeah. Typically, if we play scary games, Chris injures himself at least once a night. I do. I I rolled my ankle in one game. <laughs> Don't ask me how, because you know I'm sitting. Yeah, it happens. It's good. That's the only sports related injury you've ever had. So, well, you damn straight, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, gents. So let's plan on tomorrow. We'll, um, we'll touch base and we'll see what time we're good for. Cause right. if it's snowing and we can't do anything, we, and I can't go out or do anything and you guys are good. Maybe we'll just knock it out during the day. Mm-hmm. So we'll just, we'll touch base. All right. Yeah. All right, gents. Thank you guys for listening. This, uh, continue our ramble and, yeah we'll uh, continue our ramble excuse me we'll we be, appreciate you guys mm-hmm. everybody that's this that's hanging in there watching uh listening all the support that we've getting the feedback's been great uh super encouraging now uh, that people are that you guys are enjoying this because that makes us want to want to keep doing it because it's 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 a lot of work it's a lot of work and mm-hmm. uh and so yeah, as long as you guys keep enjoying it, or even if you don't, we'll probably keep doing it. But we'll yeah. keep doing it. Anyway. It's therapeutic for me. I think it's fun. Yeah. Keep up with the feedback. Join the Discord. Uh, there's some good conversations, ha- you know, starting to happen in there now. So, uh, yeah, you guys uh, be part of the community. Help us grow. Give us ideas. Give us feedback. Um, we're we're going to, you know, uh, we're getting through the the MCU stuff, and we're going to start touching on a lot of other topics too, and may start sprinkling those in a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, you guys get in that community. Let us know what you think. Share your ideas. Talk about the episodes. Talk about stuff that we missed because I'm sure we miss a lot. Um, but let us know what you think, and uh, we we really appreciate the support. What he said. <laughs> I'm not gonna add to that because it was very well said. So with that, um, thank you for listening to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. Thanks, B-Rob, for being our extra special guest again. Hopefully you unfreeze from your cheers position sometime soon. Thank you for recovery. (laughs) Starting to worry about you. Hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. I hope you're sitting down. You're not standing up with your knees locked right now. (laughs) We'll see y'all later. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Nerdcore, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore used to be just a made up word, MC.